Welcome to the Experience Christian Church Message Podcast. We are a church startup based out of Exton, Pennsylvania, committed to giving the community a fresh start with God and with church. Our mission is to help people experience God's love in a practical way. We would love to connect with you. Would you text ECC info to 94000 or go to our website, experiencecc.org for more information and to learn how you can be a part of our community. Enjoy today's message. Hello there, I'm Matt Silver, one of the pastors here on staff. I want to thank you for investing your time with us. Whether you're joining us at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning or you're watching or listening at another time, thanks for engaging. Well, a friend of mine, she was walking down the street at work last week and she was passing a pet store. And she stopped to admire this beautiful bird that was next to the door. It's this beautiful parrot. But as soon as she locked eyes with it, the bird said, Hey, lady, you're ugly. Well, she didn't know what to think. So she stormed out of that store and headed to work. On the way home, she sees the same parrot in the window. And she walks up to it and just looks at her. And the bird again says, Hey, lady. You're ugly. Now, she's incredibly annoyed now, and, but she just goes home. Well, the next day, she's on her way to work, sees that same parrot in the same store, the store that she's loved, and she goes by, and that bird again says, Hey, lady, you're ugly. Now, my friend, she's really patient, but this made her furious. So she goes in, and she storms into the store and threatens to sue the store and have the bird euthanized. Well, the store manager apologizes profusely and promises that the bird won't say anything like that again. Well, later that day, she's walking home and she walks past the pet store and that bird eyes her again and says, hey lady, but it stops and she pauses and she says, yes. And that bird says, yeah, no, that's a bad one. I know, but that's the point. Whether words are coming from a parrot with a bird brain or a person, whether words are coming in an email or a text, a letter or a conversation, words spoken to us, they have an effect on us. You know that statement about words, the one that isn't true? Maybe we wish it were true, but it's simply not true. It says, and I bet you can even say it with me, it's the one that says, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. The statement makes us think that physical pain is damaging, but words, they don't have the ability to harm us. Now, granted, if you walked up to me and said, do you want me to hit you with these nunchucks or call you a name? I'm saying call me whatever you want, just not late for dinner. Like you, I've had bumps and bruises and breaks, and I can show you physical scars, like when I almost cut my finger off as evidence of those kind of moments. We can swap stories of physical pain, and but many of those things that we would discuss have healed. After a few weeks, they're nothing more than a distant memory. However, I've been on the receiving end of words that continue to impact me in a negative way. I have to continually deal with them. There are even silly things from middle school that I hold on to. Remember going around and getting your yearbook signed at the end of the year as a kid? One of the coolest kids at my school, his name was Kevin. He signed my yearbook in seventh grade and I was pumped. I was excited to see what he wrote and I opened it up and uh, I read, To Matt, You Nerd. And it was awful. He filled the whole page with that comment. He literally took up about 20% of my autograph section in the back of the yearbook. I didn't want other people to see what he wrote. I don't even like sharing with you what he wrote. But maybe that helps bring back a memory of a word spoken to you in your past. Because here's what we know to be true. Words are indeed powerful. We can try to laugh them off. We can downplay them. 
We can pretend they don't matter and say things like, like water off a duck's back. But words, they are powerful. And they do a tremendous amount of good or bad. They have an effect. And very few words spoken are neutral. They can wound us, but they can also heal us. Words can break us, but they can also build us up, inspire us, embolden us. Proverbs 18.21 says this, The tongue has the power of life and death. That's the NIV's translation. Another translation says it this way, The tongue can bring death or life. Our words can be life-giving or life-taking. And today we're addressing toxic words. We navigate a world full of words. It's how we communicate. But today we're identifying the toxic ones. In this series, we've defined the term toxic as anything poisonous that is capable of causing illness or death. And I know that some of you have received words that have poisoned you. You gave up a dream of starting your own business. Someone said to you, you don't have what it takes. Three people said, go for it. But that one person's words, they were toxic. And you couldn't shake them off and that dream died as a result. Some of you, you've given up on a friendship or a relationship because you haven't been able to navigate beyond that toxic conversation. I don't need to keep giving examples. We get this concept. We know that words can be toxic and can wreak havoc within us. Another proverb from Solomon takes this concept further. In Proverbs 12, 18, it says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You know, you've heard the expression, the pen is mightier than the sword. But Solomon is saying they are equally as dangerous. Words are indeed weapons and can be used as such, capable of bringing death. But the words from a wise person can bring healing. When you're ill, a friend can bring over a medical kits full of verbal medicine and heal you. When you're feeling overwhelmed or defeated, exhausted, there's no remedy like a well-placed word of encouragement. What a beautiful reminder for us today, right? Well, what I, what I do today is to help us think about those two kinds of words, helping or hurting, healing or wounding, and then think about the words that we receive, but also the words that we speak. So if you're taking notes this morning, let me start off by saying we must guard our hearts against toxic words. If you've been watching this toxic series, I hope a verse came to your mind as you read the first point. In the verse is Proverbs 4.23, and there it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. In that verse, the author Solomon is telling us we need to guard or protect or watch over our hearts. He says, guard your heart, your thoughts above everything else. Why? Because if our hearts are toxic, that toxicity leaks out into every area of our lives. And as a reminder, the word used for heart is not connected to our emotions, the warm and fuzzies, but rather it's talking about our minds and our wills. So if we're going to effectively guard our thoughts, that was week one's topic, and I encourage you to go back and look at that. We have to look at the words that we allow to enter them. Going back just a few verses, listen to the way Solomon is recording these words as a parental instructions. In verse 20, it says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The words that penetrate deep in our hearts, the words that we allow to take root, they will indeed flow out of our lives. That's why we have to do whatever it takes to guard our hearts against the toxic words that others say, whether to us directly or about us from someone else. Now, we may not be able to control what other people say, but we can control what we allow to continue to think about. 
The words we allow to penetrate our hearts to take root in our hearts. In a world full of broken people, we can expect to find toxic words. If you're going to do anything good and significant in this world, you're going to have to overcome toxic words aimed directly at you. Personally, our church planning journey was full of questions and doubts and fears and words could have and at times paralyzed us. Many people were supportive, some not so much, and not all words are equal depending on who states them. Part of the process of church planning with Stadio, that's the organization we plan the experience through, is you have to go through an assessment process. For two months, we were interviewing with individuals, filling out questionnaires and personality assessments, and then it culminated with a multi-day in-person assessment. It was hard, invigorating, and we were sworn to secrecy not to talk about what happens there. They say what happens in assessment stays in assessment. But at the end, you leave with an 80-page report. And that report is full of really honest feedback, things you'll have to consider in the future, weaknesses and strengths, full of constructive feedback. But that report also contains and provides encouragement that said, you can go plant a church. And those words, they keep us going when the going gets tough. Those words took root and combined with a conviction from God, keep us moving full steam ahead. So let me ask you, do you have an arsenal of words that you can turn to when your heart needs encouragement? Do you have a box of letters or a folder on your computer that contains the positive comments that you've received? If so, go back and read over some of those comments when you're having a bad day. Let those words fill your heart. If you don't have that, start saving them up immediately. Because what those words do is they counteract the toxic words that we all receive. Maybe you've held on to a file of negative words. Maybe it's a toxic sludge bin. And you need to purge that box or that toxic file or that toxic folder because you are not who other people say that you are. You are who God says you are. And you need to guard your hearts against the toxic words others have said to you. Maybe you've heard someone say, you're just too messed up. You'll never be good enough. No one likes you. Well, here's what God's word says about you in Ephesians 2.10. It says that you are God's masterpiece and that God has good works for you to do. Maybe you've been told you're a lost cause, but no, you're not. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. There are so many other great truths listed in God's word, and they allow you to push back with truth against the toxic things that may have entered into our hearts. Again, you are not who others say you are. We cannot control what people say, but we can control what we believe. We must not let the toxic words seep into our hearts and change who we are. Jesus said in Luke 6.45, The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. This verse is a great reminder that our mouths speak what our hearts are full of. Hurting people say hurtful things. That's why the first point is so critical. We must guard our hearts against toxic words. What we want to do is speak life-giving words. Paul wrote these words to the church in Ephesus. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. This is such a clear message for us. Paul doesn't say limit your toxic talk. Paul says eliminate your toxic talk. I was reading an article asking the question, are we addicted to negative words? Rabbi Joseph Telushkin, he wrote the book, Words That Hurt, Words That Heal. And in full disclosure, I've never read the book. I just read the article about the book. 
But the article talked about what would happen when he would go and lecture to audiences about the negative impact of words. He would ask the crowd if they could go 24 hours without saying any unkind words about or to another person. And invariably, a small number of listeners would raise their hands signifying yes. Others would have a nervous laugh, and then quite a few would just yell out no. But the author went on to say, those who can't answer yes must recognize that they have a serious problem. If you can't go 24 hours without drinking liquor, you're addicted to alcohol. If you can't go 24 hours without smoking, you're addicted to nicotine. So if you can't go 24 hours without saying unkind words about others, then you've lost control over your tongue. Paul would agree, and his expectation is clear. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Our second action point today is speak life-giving words to others every chance we get. Wouldn't you love to be known as someone that speaks life-giving words to others? The negative stuff is really easy, isn't it? Heavy sarcasm or criticism. These things just flow out of us. But it's easy to tell someone that they messed up when they don't measure up to our standards, but it takes a lot more intentionality to speak when someone has done something considered appropriate. As a youth pastor, I would lead week-long trips with students, and as you can imagine, these are environments in which teenagers would enjoy sparring with one another verbally to determine a picking order for the day. Insults and cutdowns are offered for sport. But on these trips, we would institute what we called put-ups. Whenever someone said something mean or cutting to someone, they in turn had to say two put-ups to build that person back up. It was pretty funny to watch it play out. Remember, we were together for a week. So on the ride to our destination, whether it was in a van or a bus, inevitably someone would lose their patience for someone else and they would say something toxic like, you're so annoying. Then they would have to dig super deep and give two very moving put-ups, oftentimes like, I like your shoes and nice hair. That's how they would start off. And if they were barefoot, they had to come up with two additional ones because obviously those put-ups were empty and didn't mean much. But as the days progressed, as we went through the conference, we would see less and less put-downs and more and more non-consequence put-ups. People just complimenting one another. The absence of negativity was good for everyone. The last night of every trip was a favorite of mine. We would form a circle and speak life into one another, and you would be face-to-face -face with everyone on that trip and have a chance to share with them what you appreciated about them. Having that many people encourage you is such a life-giving experience. But here at Experience, we don't have to go to a conference, although it would be fun to encourage one another with our words. We can make it a habit to say something nice to one another. You know, what would happen if whenever you thought something good about someone, if you got in touch with that positive emotion and put words behind it. Whenever you thought something good, why don't you go ahead and give life to it by sharing that thought with the person that inspired that thought. Don't hold it back. Give someone the gift of encouragement. If you have a good thought about someone, text them, write them a note, leave them a voicemail. See what happens if you take this on. Do it when someone says something nice to you about someone else. I love to say to people, look, I need to tell you something. Carrie, she was talking about you behind your back. She really appreciates your friendship. Yes, I enjoy watching them go and then being surprised. But as an aside, here are two quick thoughts about speaking like giving words to others. The first is to be specific. Although it's nice to hear from someone, great job. It's a whole other thing when you get specific. 
This week, Diane, I want to thank you for sharing that article with us as a staff on Tuesday. That content paired with your questions that you chose, they were very thought-provoking and led us to a great discussion. You modeled for each of us how to lead future discussions. You can also state the impact. Sarah, I would say nice job on announcements today. I appreciate the tie-in with worship and how you stress that regardless of wherever we find ourselves, we can find comfort in the promises of God. That's a great reminder for all of us. You know, this is really simple, but this takes intentionality. It's so easy to assume that people know how we feel or how much we care, but sometimes even the most confident or tough or well-put-together people, they are desperate for some life-giving words. More than likely, you've seen the movie Blindside, a great movie, and the real-life couple portrayed in the movie, they wrote a book called In a Heartbeat. And in the book, they recorded an interchange between a state senator and his intern. And in that book, they shared that there was a little-known congressional program that awards internships to young people who have aged out of the foster care system. These are the kids that never got adopted and they're no longer eligible for state support. Well, the senator that they knew, he employed one such man as an intern. And one morning, the senator breezed in for a meeting and discovered that the intern was already in the office, reorganizing the entire mailroom. The senator said to the intern, this is amazing. The mailroom has never looked so clean. You did a great job. And a few minutes later, the senator saw that the intern was in tears. He had streaming down his face and he said, son, are you okay? Yes, the intern said quietly. Did I say something to offend you? He said, no, sir. Well, what's wrong? And the young man said, that's the first time in my life anyone's told me that I did something good. The author then writes these words, a little bit of attention and a kind word, that's how little it takes to affect someone's life for the better. When you receive a kind word, it's a gift. That's why you and I need to speak life-giving words to others every chance we get. Be sure to do that this week. But what I have next, this is going to be the hardest thing for many of us. You ready? Are you up for the challenge? We need to speak life-giving words to ourselves. Speaking life-giving words to others may feel like a stretch, but saying life-giving words to ourselves may feel impossible. Let me put Paul's words back up here on the screen. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Ready for the tweak? Here it is. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building yourself and others up according to their, your needs that it may benefit you as you listen. Think about the words you say to yourself that may be toxic. This can be taken a few ways. One is we have the words, the toxic words, that we speak to ourselves about ourselves. You know, a lot of times, I'm hypercritical of myself. I have a higher expectation for myself than I would put on anyone else. While I'm even recording this sermon, I'll have lots of negative thoughts about, did that make sense what you just said? That was too fast, that was too slow, how's your pacing? You get it. But we also speak toxic words to ourselves about our situations. Maybe we're known as a positive and cheerful person, but get us alone with ourselves and we have lots of negative things and toxic things to say. I hate my house, this carpet's so dated, my room's a mess, my job's so dumb, life is so hard, why do I have to be the one who takes the trash out, I'll never get out of debt, you get my point. We do it, don't we? And lastly, we have a lot of toxic words to say to ourselves about other people. Did you see what she's wearing? I can't believe he just did that. 
I'm going to make him pay. My kids never. Why doesn't he? Why doesn't she? Now hear me out. I'm not saying we don't confront reality. Some of those statements are true, but what I am calling out is that we have to stop the toxic internal dialogue from being totally toxic. We wouldn't tolerate that from someone else. We would tell someone, hey, you're toxic. But we have to be mindful of minding our minds. This is learning to speak life-giving words to ourselves, about ourselves, our situations, and others. This is reframing the negativity in the midst of God's truth. We need words that remind us of God's love for us and for others. There's a poem that I remember from high school that is packed with meaning. It says, a word is dead when it is said, some say, but I say it just begins to live that day. I'll say that again. A word is dead when it is said, some say, but I say it just begins to live that day. For me, it's mind-boggling to think of the amount of words that each of us encounter every single day. Some of those are intentional, some are careless, some are targeted, some where we find ourselves just caught in the crossfire. But I agree with Emily Dickinson and with Solomon that words are powerful. You know, some people think as soon as we speak something, it's dead. But words are powerful and they're alive. And our words have the power to give life or to take it, to be life-giving or poisonous and toxic. We don't get to pick which ones impact and live on in the hearts of others. The only thing we can control are the ones and the words that we contribute. Are we going to give words that pierce like a sword or be wise and bring healing? I asked a couple friends to share on social media words that have affected them in positive and negative ways. And there were some great stories on there, some great quotes, some were toxic, some were good, but I'll only do with two positive ones. One friend said this, before I left my corporate job and started working at a church, I was in a really bad spot. I felt like I wasn't using my gifts and not doing things I loved. One of my coworkers marched into my office, shut the door, and with tears in her eyes said, you are too smart and talented to be doing what you're doing right now. She said, it still makes me want to cry because I definitely didn't feel smart or talented at the time. God used her in those words, and I love serving at the church where I'm at now. Another friend was told, you are special. And these words were spoken to her by her father-in-law just a few days before he passed. Those words to those friends were life-giving, and they're going to stay with them. I want you to think about these three questions in order to keep this conversation going. The first question is, which toxic words spoken to you, do they need to be purged? You need to get out of them. The second question is, who can you encourage today with life-giving words? And third, what positive things can you tell yourself about yourself. Friends, let's pray together. Father God, we live in a world full of words. God, we can't avoid them. We can't stop them. But God, we can stop the ones that we say and we contribute. God, if we're going to eliminate toxic words from our mouth, we're going to need your spirit to help us do that. God, if we're going to go into some of the words that have been spoken to us that we have allowed into our hearts, we're going to need your Holy Spirit to help us understand the truth that can take those words out. And so, God, I pray that we will be life-giving speakers of words, that your Spirit will fill us so that we can do that. Thank you for the gift of today and our ability to be in this space together. We love you and we're thankful for you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope something you heard today will draw you closer to God and encourage you to know him better. If you found this message podcast helpful, 
please subscribe, write a review, and consider sharing it with someone else. If there is anything we can do for you, a question we could talk through with you, a prayer we could say on your behalf, or a need you have, please don't hesitate to let us know. We are better together. Please connect with us soon. Take care.